Welcome to the show. As you can tell, I'm not Andrea. I'm Hollywood. Today's show, Andrea and I thought we would put together a show debunking the dating rules that she and I have been hearing probably since we were 16 years old. You're going to meet him when you least expect it. But you have to put yourself out there more. In order to meet him when you least expect it. The rules are really bad, right, Holly? The rules are so bad, and we hear them all the time. And so we decided we wanted to put a show together where we collect the audience's collective frustration with these rules. We're going to write the new rules today on the show, and we need your help. The number to call is 201-209-9368. My heart is beating. Hey, Holly, are you there? I'm here. Uh, how are you doing? What's going on? This is Andreas Lindsay. This is YOY, and joining me on the Skype is my dear friend, Holly Wood. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrea. <laughs> um, for YOY listeners, um, you guys know that I don't normally do my shows live. It's a, it's a change of pace for me, but I've actually booked out live shows for the next three, four weeks. I'm thinking of it as live show boot camp. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> I want to learn to be better at live. That's one of the main reasons. But another one is I've had an important life change. Tell me more about this important life change. <laughs> Sorry, I just I don't know how to monologue. Um, I just started a brand new job. I just left um, the most wonderful place in the whole world, WFMU, to start a brand new job. And I'm not going to tell you guys more about it. I'm just going to let you know that... Um, YOY will go on, <laughs> of course, because it's, it's, 
just like my favorite thing in the whole world. And um, but I just I'm going to need some time to adjust. I don't know if you've ever started a new job. It's just like just feels like the world's crashing down on you all the time because like everything, all your muscle memory is worthless. You're never going to see inbox zero again. It's just been really hard. <laughs> it's a good update. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thanks. No, thank you for being excited for me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. I just feel like my, my back hurts, like my brain hurts. Um, I've cried in the last 48 hours. That's <laughs> like not so a normal I. thing for me. I mean, really? A 48 hour period where I don't cry. So if that really? Oh. <laughs> 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 I feel like we're just doing one of our normal talks right now because no one's calling yet at 201-209-9368. I love talking with you, Holly, because you're just so wise all the time. And I, and I feel like I always need your dating advice, even though we think dating advice sucks. Well, it's, it doesn't suck. It's just most of it's antiquated and reliant on gender roles that no longer exist and wouldn't make, sense, make any sense in the contemporary context, right? So we were talking about this last night. Like, wear lipstick to the gym, what? Right? Why would you wear red lipstick to the gym? I have no, why? Oh, because you might need him at any moment. Yeah, but when you're not expecting it. But if I'm wearing lipstick, I, I it would take a lot for me to wear lipstick. A lot. I think like, they would laugh you out of the gym if you wore <laughs> lipstick to the gym. Um, <laughs> I just, I, that seems like the ultimate gym no-no. Although I did sign up for a gym recently, and the personal trainer told me that he loves to people watch at the gym. And I was like, that is, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say, I look away, and I respect everyone looking ridiculous. We should talk about people watching at the gym as, like, a pastime. <laughs> like, like, the women that go in there with Diet Cokes, those are my favorite women. Like, they're just, they, they're, they accept who they are. They're like, I'm just... You know, I'm 20 pounds overweight, but I got Diet Coke, and I'm going to walk on this treadmill and read Us Weekly, and that's what I'm going to do for the next hour. Ugh. Like, go you, lady. Go I just you. think if the gym is, like, a non-flirt, like, non-dating zone, that's, like, the least romantic place in the world for me. I mean, yeah, I might, like, eye someone if he's, like, handsome and breaking a sweat. It's just... But it's like I'm so focused on my own health and happiness, and I don't feel like I'm at my best in that moment with like sweat on my brow or whatever's going on. I like that you're focused on your health and happiness. Usually <laughs> when I go to the gym, I'm focused on really bad reality TV show that I can watch there guilt-free because it's canceled out by the fact that I'm on the elliptical for a half hour. Over on the WFMU playlist page, Callie says dark lip liner to the gym is the way to go. Ooh. <laughs> that seems like a solution. Um, we're going to be looking at your questions, your comments. But um, let's just get started. So we're going to follow the arch of a, a date. So um, is it true that, that you're, you're going to meet him when you least expect him? Is that, is that a good rule of thumb that we're just going to meet the person we end up with, just especially when we're not trying to meet them? What do you think? I want your take on this. Um, I think that's a really unfair rule. I think it, it sets you up like... It sets you up to just think it's going to happen to you and that this doesn't take work. And I think of dating as, as something you should put a little time into, I guess. Like you should be kind of thinking about it or I think if you wait, if you just expect it to happen, to, I don't think anything in life happens just because you sit around hoping it happens to you. I think it's a really I, bad assumption. I think it's a fantastic question. Um, I ask a lot of people that question lately 
like, do you feel love is something that you have to put effort in or do you just leave it to fate? And I, I, you see two different ways that question can go. People are like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, it happens when it happens. Or, and I just think about it sometimes when people tell me it'll happen when you least expect it. And I was thinking about this last night when we were talking about this. I was like, you know, that's exactly what they say about the, like, the terrorist threat level. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just like, always be vigilant. Always be on your guard. Like, like it's just... If you always think it's going to happen all the time, you have to be on all the time. And as a woman, so much of femininity and so much of what's expected of us is such a performance that I couldn't imagine being on 24-7 because I'm single. Yeah. Although, and then and then the other thing is like, um, a pro- it probably happens when you least expect it because you never sit around and you let, you're like, oh, this is the day I'm going to meet the love of my life. I feel it. I'm expecting it. <laughs> and then it just like, of course, it happens when you least expect it because you never expect it. Like yeah, you actually you expect to be confident yeah. to walk down the street and be like, today's the day I'm going to meet Mr. Right. Yeah, I just I actually mostly expect to like, you know, have a dog and live alone. And like, I mostly just expect not I like just don't expect this stuff. It's because we have terrible self-esteem. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Chris accused me of being in, of having very healthy self-esteem on a recent episode. My friend Chris. He accused <laughs> you of it. <laughs> that's, a, that's an accusation. Someone like you have high self-esteem. <laughs> I didn't let him really let him get a word in on our second date. <laughs> me, 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 me. That's what I did. Okay, and then the other the other piece of dating advice you get all the time is you have to put yourself out there, all the time. Are you online dating? Hurry up. Start online dating right now. You never the know. Best, the best comeback to that is to ask them what dating site they think you should join because it, it reveals so much about what they actually know online dating to be like. So if they say something like, well, I've heard eHarmony works, and then you just sit there and you laugh at them. Like, have you ever been on eHarmony? Have you? I don't think there's anybody in my geographical area for 60 miles people don't use the site like it's just like that's what I mean people are always saying put yourself out there but they don't know where to tell you to go it's just this cliched advice what is the average experience of someone who signs up for online dating for the very first time well for women it's that onslaught of garbage like you get 500 messages in a week and maybe 400 of them are one word hey baby sup how you doing? You're hot. And like, it's a, I know a lot of women describe it as an ego boost, but it's fairly depressing. Cause it's, if you're taking the initiative to sign up for an online dating site, it's the equivalent of being internet cat called, right? When you sign on, it's like, Oh, I don't like this street. I'm never walking this way home again. Why are we expected to put up with that? <laughs> Why? I, yeah, this is actually why people ask me, like, what dating app they should sign up for. And I really strongly recommend um, Tinder, Hinge, and OK Bagel. OK, no, it's not called OK Bagel. Coffee meets bagel right now. Because those three apps are ones where guys can only get in touch with you if you indicate that you're interested in them. And you just don't hear from from guys you are not interested. It's not it's not like a wave of cat calls. It's like you say, "Oh, you get to cat call me." And then <laughs> and then it's nice. Except for you have a story about it going another way. I do? Yeah. What about the guy who stalked you on Facebook after finding you on Hinge? And then he got oh, unhinged. Right. 
Oh, yeah, then he became unhinged. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I signed up for Hinge, and I thought it was a pretty cool site because it's literally only people who you know through other people. So it has to be friends of friends, which every woman in the world prefers to a complete stranger. And I got this, you know, I didn't, I didn't select this guy. I passed over, but because of the way Hinge is set up, it wasn't hard to find me on Facebook. And so he found me on Facebook, messaged me and said, Hey, I saw you on Hinge. You didn't pick me, but I wanted to like write you anyway. And I said, Oh, that's nice. Thank you. (laughs) Um, and then he saw me on another dating site and then wrote me again and says like, Oh, well you're on here too. I was like, yes, yes I am. (laughs) And I eventually, after three messages like that on like these dating sites, I just said, what is your deal, dude? I haven't selected you on any of these sites. So why go through Facebook and friend me on Facebook or try to friend me on Facebook? I didn't um, accept that friend invitation and then try to, you know, there's already three layers of rejection here. How many more times do I have to reject you? Um, And without being rude about it. (laughs) So it's so stressful. Uh, Um, Okay. So what do you, what do you say to people who are, uh, who are like, how do we debunk that rule? You have to put yourself out there all the time. Is it okay to take a break from dating when you are like super overwhelmed by the whole institution of it? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I ask people where they met their partners historically, right, since they graduated from college. And I can tell you the number one way people have ever met their real partners is through friends of friends, specifically at a party. Not being set up on a blind date, not, you know, running into them at brunch or something. It's specifically a party, right? So I can't – and you're on when you're going to a friend's party, hopefully. You're pretty psyched. You're like, oh, I'm going to see some people you know, I haven't seen in a while. We're going to have a good time. We'll probably listen to the kids by management or MGMT, whatever they're going by, over and <laughs> over again ad nauseum. And it'll be fun. And then you're, that's when you're on, right? That's when you're at your best, when you're surrounded by four or five people who know you really well, who boost your confidence, who tell you you're doing a great job at being however old you are. Fantastic. And your self-confidence is, gets a little boost. And that's when you're your most attractive, right? Yeah. I, I, I actually, this is a personal rule that I follow. And the rule is, let's make this our first rule of dating because we're rewriting the rules tonight at 201-209-9368. Rule number one is say yes to the party. That's my rule of thumb. It's like you, you can think, um, you know, oh, there's a new season of House of Cards. Oh, my email. But I try to always say yes to the party um, because it, it may be a friend. It may be you're just I just think you have to go out there and experience the world. And I think too many of us are really delighted to binge on Netflix and stay in our rooms. And I think that our generation has a horrible case of social anxiety. And I say Say yes to the party and make that your your rule. I think that's a great rule. Say yes to the party. That won't make our millennial listeners. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's so easy to say no to the party, especially <laughs> when you're single. I think it's really hard to go to parties alone if you don't have someone to leave the party with and go, oh, yeah, can you believe that thing that happened at the party? And you know you might want to have a couple drinks and you have to find a way home for yourself. It's just I think it's challenging sometimes to get yourself to go. Yeah, uh, the second rule to that should be get a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Say yes to the party, comma, get a bike. Get a bike. Um, okay, here's our other um, rule of dating. How much communication is appropriate before a date? 
There are a lot of rules that say you are supposed to keep it um, very brief, right? They're supposed to seem kind of aloof. You're supposed to jump right to the ask over the over the internet dating medium. Yeah. I, okay, so I guess that depends on how you met the person. If you met the person in real life, you don't have to be uh, brief. You don't have to be um, succinct with your messaging. You can have a little bit of play there because you met the person already. You already know you clicked. Uh, but when you're meeting somebody offline, you don't know if you're going to click and you might even like them a lot when you meet them, but they might not like you back. So investing too much energy in that exchange, I feel like it's going to put you in a position of naming like the classroom dissection animal that you had in like ninth grade bio where you got attached to the frog, but you know, it had to like cut it up for its organs the next day. And you're like, Oh no, I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, you get attached even. And then when they don't call you back afterwards, after the date, you get really let down. Mm hmm. That's true. But we still do it, don't we? You're, you're doing it. Uh... <laughs> we still do it. There's something really tense. I mean, I just think that um, these like it's just so nice to have a person who you can like flirt with. And like before that, before that is b before the reality of like actually knowing the person kicks in. You mean before the hammer of judgment hits the floor? Yeah, before they before they know, um, before they've seen you in, in the flesh and know how you how you move and how you hold your shoulders and and all that stuff. Um, oh, we're getting great some great comments over on WFMU.org on our playlist page. Um, Skirky says, "I met my girlfriend when I least expected it, but she was also a friend of a friend after a show at Maxwell's, which is kind of like a party." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Jake says Ange say yes to the party is the best advice I honestly ha hate dating apps in real life things are much better um, Callie says I stopped seriously paying attention to the dating sites back in November I'll get back to it at some point I think that that's totally allowed I think we should all take breaks when we feel like it I think you should too I mean you're not beholden to be dating just because you're single who said that um, Jonathan reminds us of the rule, you should call the girl within, within one day of meeting for a date. Do we like that rule? I like that rule because I think three days I would forget who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, after 24 hours, you've caused me too much anxiety for me to still think nice thoughts about you. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly what it is. It's like if you go more than 24 hours... If I have to wake up another morning without hearing back from you, you're dead to me. <laughs> no, it's just the, the no, it's over. Yeah, because I think you're playing games, and like, why, why play games in this situation? Well, because it's like we live in an era where everyone's just looking at their phone 24 hours a day. There's no excuse for waiting three days. <laughs> oh, that that's that's a rule. Um, sh okay, so let's 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 add that to our directory. You have to you have to call the girl within one day of meeting for a date. Or text, right? Or email, whatever. You have to make contact of some kind within one day. Do you have Do you have a preferred medium? For contact? Yeah. After the After the first date or before the first date? After. After. Uh, well, I still think texting is really important. I said I said to um, Sam's mom the other day at Passover when she told me that our her mutual husband, friend her, Sam, who can't our friend can't. Sam. Uh, 
hi, Sam. Uh, I told his mother at Passover, I was so shocked that her now husband called her before they met on the phone. I was like, wow, that's such intimacy. That's like third date intimacy, calling somebody using the phone for its intended purpose. Okay, so Uh, we're getting, I'm getting so many ideas through. Okay, so that's one thing is like, can you um, call, like, is it okay to use the phone (laughs) still if you are under 40? Is that okay? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think that you can't, I almost think you can't overdo it because if I am interested in you, you calling after the, you calling a day after the date saying like, Hey, I just wanted to see how that big thing went for you that we were talking about. Um, I'd like to set up a time for our next date. It would just seem efficient to me. Um, and, but if I'm not like that would only scare me away if I was looking for a reason to be scared away somehow, or I just wasn't interested. So I think you're safe. Um, to just do the thing that feels natural for being in touch with the person and not get stressed about the rules. So if you want to call, call. If you want to call before the date, I'm also down with that. I just say, like, do the thing that feels right and don't think you're not supposed to do it because it's going to ruin everything. Yeah, I don't think it would ruin anything. It would just be more of a shock to get over. Like, hello? Hi, this is the guy you went out with last night. What? When it's happened to me, I just feel like, oh, I'm impressed with your maturity right now. And like, it's a display of seriousness. Um, it is. It really, yeah, you know what? It totally is. It's it's sort of like, I'm not playing games with you. I think if a guy actually called me, it would be a very clear signal. That I'm not actually playing games with you. I actually really like you. Because you could text 10 people within the span of like five minutes. But you can only call one person at a time. So if he's giving you 20, 30 minutes of the day... Uh, a visit focused exclusive attention that's that's quite a signal actually um i am totally fine with the, with the phone call um and if also if the person can't handle the phone call then they're probably not worthy of your of, of you right if they say uh i don't know how i feel about like if they ignore your calls or um they get weirded out by the act of you calling it's all wrong um okay let's let's um back up uh the wait, oh yeah, but the, the the wait three days rule. That's connected, right? There's that rule which you're supposed to wait three days, I guess, before contacting. How how long until the second date? How long she for bet- the space between dates? Yeah, I don't know. What do you use? Um, when we are both available. Mm. I would give it a I would give it about a week. I would give it, yeah, I would give it at least a span of four or five days before you see them again. Like, I I think there's just too much going on in figuring out whether or not you like this person or whether or not you think this person's right for you, that if you see them too often, too soon, your hormones and your, you know, all your emotions are going to overwhelm your rational faculties, and you're just going to do stupid things like get into a year-long relationship with a man-child which is you know something I did and that was a mistake I should have I should have paced out my my dating right and I should have gotten to know this person before my faculties were overwhelmed by hormones I think a lot of people love the binge date and this is how I define the binge date it's like you you go out on a Friday or Saturday and then um you wake up together the next day and you go out for brunch and then maybe you go see some art and then maybe you take a nap and then you get some lunch and then you 
go to the beach and then you, you know, meet up with your friends for a movie and you just like date all weekend long, um, just like constantly in each other's company, almost as if you were in a serious relationship or you live together before you actually get there. Um, do you know people who do this? And is it is it a good idea in the first three months of a relationship? No, there's so many things you just said there that I was like, no, don't do that. Do not bring a guy you just met to see your friends. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, first of all, you know, I'm trying to like be empathetic. Like I can understand why you want to do that. Like, oh my God, I just met this guy. It's so great. Uh, but your friends are going to be putting on their judgment hats and they're going to scrutinize this guy for all he's worth. And when you two leave, they're just going to talk about him behind your back for the next week or so, and whether or not they liked him or not. And you just don't want your fledgling relationship, even if it's going really well, just to be at all affected by your friends in that way. Um, I think there should be at least, I don't know, I kind of feel like you need to have at least a month before you start bringing them around to your friends. I think so, too. And, and, and even longer before you start introducing them to your family. Um, I just think that it, it can you don't want you don't want that person to like you don't want your friends to feel like they can't be around you unless that person's there because um, you want to be able to still like ha- be. In, I just always think of my friends as like my anchor to who I truly am. Like, because they've known me before this person, and they're going to remind me who I was after this person. If that person starts to, you know, warp my personality in some way, I need I need this like common, steady French. I need my friends to keep me in touch with myself. Because I think like when you date someone, you can get physically, you can get addicted to other people. Like the feelings of love, that like heart pit pat, like that. Those are chemical <laughs> addictions that our bodies feel towards. Um, like all the happy juices that happen when you're around the person you care about. Um, the oxytocin. Is that it? <laughs> tell yeah. me, tell me more. That's the chemical oxytocin. Um, yeah. I mean, Helen Fisher, she's an anthropologist at Princeton. She writes all about this. It's like when you meet someone that you're sexually and romantically attracted to your body, it goes through effectively the exact same, uh, process as someone who is becoming addicted to a drug. It's, it's, physiologically almost identical and so in those that's why you have to pace it in the beginning before the you know your body becomes overwhelmed because you won't be able to control it once it starts it's like it's like becoming an addict you won't be able to control it so you want to be as rational as you could possibly be in that moment when you're meeting someone and you really think it might go somewhere I think you owe it to yourself because in a couple of days of being around this person, you might not be able to see as clearly as you did four days ago. Hmm. That's why I'm so against the binge date is because I feel like it it makes there's that feeling of like emptiness when the person leaves. And I don't I don't want that to be the reason that I'm with you is because I feel empty when you're gone. Like I want it. I want to be with you because you are actually additive to my life. Yeah, and you've thought about it, and you, you know, thought about your life, and you made some rational assessments, and you're like, hey, that dude, he would fit real nice next to my grand career ambitions and my really esoteric hobbies. Yeah, and and my friends are going to love him, and, like, it's, yeah, 
I just think it's so nice. Also, um, along the lines of this physical addiction idea, I, heartbreak is withdrawal. You know, that, exactly. that aching in your chest. Like I always thought like, oh, it's the cosmos and I know I'm supposed to be with someone. No, it's just physical withdrawal. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird how you have to go through more than one breakup to realize that. Uh, like after my first breakup, I thought it was like the end of the world. And then my second breakup, it was also really difficult. But I was like, wow, I've been here before. Oh, man, this is totally what people are talking about. It's totally chemical, isn't it? Wow. Um, the, well, oh, that makes me think about something I've been wondering. So, like, oh, man, there's this horrible app out there called Secret. It's uh, it's It should stay a secret because I find it really uninspiring. But it's basically like Instagram for people's secrets. And you can scroll through and see all these anonymous messages. And the other day, someone posted about how they told their significant other that they were their best friend. They realized that their significant other is their best friend, but there's no spark. And then they both cried together because they both realized that there was no spark. And then you realize that the person who submitted it was probably like 22. Yeah. Is the spark real? Like, what is the spark? Is the spark real? I mean, yes and no. I mean, the spark is real. It, I mean, it's legitimate, but I think people put so much faith in feeling it. Um, I think if you're in a relationship with someone and you start to feel off and you start to feel like the relationship's just not working anymore, that could probably be a lot of buildup of resentment and that could feel like the spark is gone. But I, I think in relation to dating, like actually going out on dates, I think people put way too much stock in feeling that spark on the first date. Um, like I said, I think it's a rational process in the beginning unless you're really setting yourself up for an all or nothing affair where this person has to make my toes tingle on the, like the 45 minute coffee date we're going to have at Starbucks. It's between our two jobs. Like that's just a lot to ask. Cause you know, we all have days where we're off. We all have days where we trip and stub our toes and like, it just can't make it work. And then those are the days inevitably that we scheduled a date at four 30 um, PM at the Starbucks between our two jobs. Uh, <laughs> Oh, is, can we add that to a rule? Never go on a date to Starbucks. Can we add that? But they're just so convenient. <laughs> they're everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so but that can... Well, okay. So, sh so first dates don't have to always be... Like, the, the quality of the first date won't always be determined by the quality of the location. No. God. I, I, I can't imagine anybody... Yeah, let's talk about that. Who is who is scheduling dinners for their first dates anymore offline? I can imagine scheduling a dinner date. Like I said, if you met this person at a party, at a friend's party, and, you know, you know them, you met them, you know they have mutual friends. Yeah, that's the time you set up a dinner date and, like, a walk around the, the river or something romantic like that. But a first date off the Internet should be, uh, I'll get my coffee, you get your coffee, and let's talk for a half hour. Um I feel like it's bing, bam, boom, you know, get out of there. And then if you like each other enough, set up a real date and then use that as your assessment. The first date offline should just be a quick, oh, my God, are we even on conversational sync? Because I feel like that's just so important. More important than the spark. Oh, the spark. The sp like, what is the spark? What I, I just whenever people tell me they're looking for the spark, what are they looking for? They look. 
because I, I think about having read all these psychology books about what makes people fall in love. I'm like, apparently half of all women have some kind of daddy issue if you go by the psychological test. Are they looking for someone who's like their dad? Do you really want to go base your future on somebody that reminds you of your dad subconsciously and it gives you a spark? <laughs> like, don't go by that. Wow. Well, it's, you know, I was trying to think about what... I don't. I was trying to think out if I have a spark with the guy I'm currently dating, um, and I was trying to explain it to my friend on the phone the other night. And um, yeah, I think the spark could be defined as like, you know, um, a strong mutual attraction. I think we totally have that. I think we have like an intellectual connection where we say things and the other finds it incredibly interesting and then responds with something that's equally interesting back. Um, and like we have the sense of humor stuff, but then there's this like intangible thing that I've been trying to identify, which is just like that, that something feels like kind of warm and happy inside of me when we're near each other. It's like, yeah, it's that, it's that like fullness in my chest kind of a thing. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like the spark where it's like a romantic comedy hit pause, but it's like, I could see an, like, I am willing to create intimacy with you and we will, we will slowly do that at a reasonable pace. Yeah. I mean, I've had it go every which way. I mean, I felt the spark for somebody who had a girlfriend. I feel like the first time I really felt the spark in my adult life was at 22. And I had a boyfriend and he had a girlfriend and I felt the spark for him more than I ever felt for anybody in my life. But that wasn't going to go anywhere. And I was in a, you know, four year long relationship with a guy that I thought was irritating as all Watch it. <laughs> um, the first couple of months I knew him, I just couldn't stand the guy. And I ended up, you know, falling head over heels for him. And it was, a, you know, I've had it go every single way. And I just don't put that much faith in the spark anymore. But I think people hold out for it in a way that I, I think makes them miss out on a lot of opportunities. Hmm. On the playlist page, P90 says, hells, yeah, the spark is real. Um, but it nev- just never lasts. You have to build that relationship and replace the spark before it fades. Is that real? Yeah. Dude, remember the six-month honeymoon and, like, six months you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I'm in a relationship with this guy. Spark's dead, but I have no- nothing to go off of anymore. Whenever I have a friend who just started dating someone and they're miserable, they're like, oh, I think about him all the time. And is he going to call? And like, should I meet his mom? And like, if someone's just going, like, just obsessing over all the details very early in. I'm like, oh, this is the good part. <laughs> this is the really <laughs> fun part. It's all the agony and the confusion and the what does it mean? Like, as hard as the rules of dating are to, like, identify and solve and as terrified as we are of screwing it up in any moment, like, that is the fun part, is that first six months of just, like, torture. Oh, so good. <laughs> what does that say about modern love? What does that say? The best part is the six months of torture. <laughs> well, you're, you're because you have, the, you have that spark high. Um, oh. I know. Wait, okay, so we are a little over halfway through the hour here on WFMU. This is YOY. I'm Andreas Lindsay talking with my pal, Hollywood. Um, and we are rewriting the rules for dating, and we're going to do it in an hour. Well, as much as we possibly can. So let me review our new rules. Um, say yes to the party. Texting is important. Um, make contact within 24 hours after a first date of some kind. Just contact. Um, calling is okay on the telephone. Calling is cool. 
Um, maybe wait a week after your first date. Take your time getting to know someone. Have them meet your friends. Let's, should we give a number to that? Like introduce, meet friends. Don't rush to meet friends. Would that be a line? Don't, yeah, don't rush to make your potential beau meet your friends. No. Um, don't obsess over the spark. Just enjoy it when it happens. Ooh, we're getting some great comments on the playlist, too. Do you have one to read? Yeah. Jonathan asks, is a Skype date too creepy? No, it's not. It's not. I just, I think it's a filter. I think it's, it's saying, do you, like, if someone is too creeped out by a Skype date and they'd much rather just meet you right away, then they're not, I don't know. They should just want to meet you. And that's a way to do it. I think it's a great way to meet you. Um, We're all busy. I don't know. And it respects, it like, it lets you, um, I don't even think you, I think even a phone call would do it, but I am very pro Skype date. Yeah, I think Skype. I think Skype date is is not too creepy. Uh, I think the problem is that most people probably aren't as tech savvy as you and I are right now, um, in the sense of thinking about online dating. Like very few people are using online dating to begin with. So yeah, but Skype is not. Skype is just not hard to do. Online, yeah. Yes. Boop, 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 we do it. Um, wait, so how would you ask someone to Skype date? Like, what's the cool way to ask that, for that? Ooh, that's like a better question. How, what's the cool way to ask to Skype so you don't have to go to Starbucks and you can have a date without any pants on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just like, hey, um, I know this might be a bit unusual, but how would you feel if I if we had a Skype meet a Skype chat before we actually went out on a date. Yeah. Um, and say, if you were a guy asking me, I think I might be afraid that, um, that you just want, that you don't ever want to meet in real life. So I think you'd have to like explain why say like that. It isn't just that you want a video chat girlfriend. It's that, um, you could say like, you know, I've just been on a ton of bad dates recently and I just want to, you know, feel out, we what we have to t I don't know I just I want to be res I can tell that you're really busy too and I just want to be respectful of your time um and I don't know I just don't know how anyone could ask me that where I wouldn't be like why I guess you'd just have to give your reason which is like I think you're really cool um but it's hard to get to know you online it's like the phone call for the digital age let's give it a try it'll be funny and just acknowledge the awkwardness. I think that's the most important thing you see. I know it's weird. It's a weird thing to ask. And it's going to be totally awkward. But um, I think it'd be a fun way to, to meet each other before we meet each other. And it'll I think our, it's, yeah. It'll I, make I, our I first date even David better. David Foster Wallace mentality, right? Like, just be sincere and be sincere with your awkwardness. It's like, hey, dating is, how about I have a dating show and dating's really awkward for me right now. <laughs> how would you feel about a Skype date? Um, on Twitter, Noah says, I'm at the gym right now. My question is, how long before it's polite to quit the gym if I ever see a woman in red lipstick? <laughs> um, he's mentioning our question before, which is that all the, all the dating advice books say wear lipstick to the gym because you never know where you might meet him. Um, that's great. 
Okay, let me just finish running down our line, um, our list of rules. So don't obsess over the spark. Just enjoy it when it happens. The quality of the first date won't always be determined by the location. I like that one. Um, Don't feel like you have to, you know, start with something like a date to an astrologer or something. Um, And dinner for the first date, not a good idea. That's our last rule. That's a terrible idea. If you have a rule for dating, Holly and I want to hear it. The number to call is 201-209-9368. We'd love to hear your ideas. Um, Also, we'd also like to hear bad rules that you have been told, and we can debunk them together. Rock Gym Guy on the playlist site is asking about unusual dates. Would you be turned off by a date to climb at a rock gym? Um, I think those are also okay. I feel like if there's something that you've just been wanting to do that you kind of, that you would normally do with a friend, but you want to try doing it with a date, and maybe if you guys have talked, I think you have to talk enough online to be sure it isn't going to be a horrible disaster. Like, I would hate to be on a hot air balloon date with someone who I'm, like, really uncomfortable when they're close to me. I want to make sure that we will definitely get along, and then I think any cool date is fine. But you guys should do enough talking where you're sure you'll have enough to talk about the whole time at the at the rock climb i think one of the rules should be never go out on a hot air balloon with a guy you just met can we just make that a rule when there's no exit like you can't just leave the hot air balloon well i think that it would be hard to exit the climbing gym right a little bit you get all geared up no just take take your harness off and walk away (laughs) get out there oh yeah i guess that's true okay make sure there's on first dates make sure there's an escape plan is that a good rule at least make sure you can see the exit. Because <laughs> um, I've been on first dates where you just meet the person and they just like the distance that they stand to you, just like the way they stare at you. There's you just want to run. And I think you have to always make sure you have an escape plan in case you meet that person and you want to run. Yeah, I mean, that's just common sense. I think that's 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 a rule we will accept. I've heard that one before. It's like, always make sure you meet in a public space where there's an exit. Like, that's common sense, Andrea. I'm going to keep that one. (laughs) I like our common sense rules. For some reason, they do need to be written out, I feel like, because I get these questions all the time. Um, On the playlist page, Heat says, I love text fests in a new relationship. How much texting is appropriate when you just started dating someone? Hmm. What do you think? I feel like too much like where it's I. okay. so I feel a surge of happy, you know, happy hormones when I get that text from that person. Like I'm like, oh, it's that person. And then your your heart goes a flutter and you have to think of the next thing to say. And I think that can be really fun. But I think it can also replace actually getting to know someone and almost like. Yeah, I don't want to get addicted to hearing from you and then when it goes away, be sad that it's gone. I think like enough texting where you feel like a part of each other's lives, but not so much that um, it's getting in the way of other friendships or commitments. Yeah, I, I definitely, I second everything you said. And the, and the thing that I, I worry about today, nowadays, is when I see my friends who are in relationships be completely leashed to their significant other because of text messaging, that's something, that's a behavior that as a single person with a smartphone now, it's the first time I've ever had a smartphone and I'm single and I'm seeing people do this 
And in my next relationship, I want to be cognizant that people fall into that trap of being leashed to their partner because of texts. And it's something I don't want to happen. I think it would. I think if I'm texting too much, I will never be able to read another book. Like it gets in the way of me being able to focus on anything because I'm waiting for that that like text to text rate, like the next message. And I also feel obligated to respond so quickly that it kind of gets in the way of like, I hate the idea that I could be become suddenly busy and then the person's going to take it personally if they don't hear back. Like, I want there to be enough of a gap between text messages where it feels, I don't know, it feels healthy. I like emails. I like thoughtful emails a lot. Oh, my God. I love thoughtful emails. I feel like most of my courtship in my life that's ever actually happened has happened via email. Yeah. <laughs> does, that make, does that make any sense? No, it does. I just, yeah, if we can't, I think if there are no emails, there might be something wrong. It's just or nice you, to have someone write out a thoughtful, like, message for you. God, email is sexy. Ooh, that's a rule. That's a email, rule? Email is sexy. I'm writing that down. Um, <laughs> oh, bringing your phone on the date. I've heard the rule that you are not even supposed to take out your phone on a date. I agree with that. That should stay. Leave leave your phone. I, I mean, I'm of the opinion, and maybe I'm a Luddite here, but I'm of the opinion that if you agree to meet with anybody, regardless of whether it's a date or not, if you were meeting with your academic advisor, would you have your phone on? The, like, no, you wouldn't pull your phone out. If you were meeting with a friend, should you have your phone out? And people are like, oh, well, if it's your friend. I'm like, no, no, you should not. You should pay everyone the kind of respect that people had to pay 10 years ago, which was not have your phone out. I just, I feel like that's just something you should have. Everyone in America should have that written on their hand. Like if you are arranging to meet with somebody human, put your phone away. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just think the person should be worthy of your full attention. If, if you want to consider, you know, anything more, um, Let's talk about the worst case scenario. So you get on that date, you're on the first date, and you realize this is not, this person is not right for you. You know, it's just, a, you just know it. And it's not, yeah. I don't know what, the, the reason could be something totally intangible, but you just know it's wrong. How do you end that date? I, you got to be polite, right? You have to basically acknowledge that the person beside you is giving up the same amount of time as you are to meet you. So it's just be conscientious, be human, be empathetic. You know, there's no reason to do what I've heard somebody say is um, one of my friends was sitting at a bar and he just decided he wasn't going to date her at all. Texted her later and said, I, sorry, I saw you and I didn't want to date you. Like, Whoa. that's crazy rude, right? And, and I think rudeness and thoughtlessness and a lack of empathy for humanity is part of the reasons why we hear such so many horror stories about dating. It's not hard to summon the energy to be kind and thoughtful and on for a 30 minute coffee date. How hard is that really? What else could you possibly be doing in that 30 minutes? You already scheduled it. Like listen to them, ask them a story, ask them, ask them about their worst dating stories. But I'm sure they have. One. Yeah. But the argument there would be, aren't you going to get that other person's hopes up? somehow by doing that by meeting them and spending time getting to know them when you already know that it's wrong what would 
how could that guy have done it? Like, is it better for him to have actually taken up her time meeting her? Or is it better that he just said, hey, I knew you were wrong for me? Um, I mean, more specifically, the guy was very rude and said something uh, not very nice about her physical appearance. And I think that's just completely inappropriate on so many levels. There's the Dan Savage rule, which is the, the campsite rule. Um, you know, leave it as good or better than how you found it. So the idea that that your friend was then concerned every future date that this exact same scenario is about to happen to her. I think that's not the campfire site rule. That's a great rule. I think, yeah. I mean, a date should not be a damaging experience. A first date should never be damaging. It should never, you should go into it recognizing that you should never hurt this person. They've done nothing to you. Hmm. Uh, is it what if that guy had said, hey, I was on my way to the bar and I had to turn around. I realize I'm just not into dating right now and I'm still getting out of this thing. And I'm sorry I took up your time. What if he pretended he hadn't seen her and just made up an excuse? A white lie? Yeah. Is a white lie better than total truth in that situation? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I, I think I think white lies are all right on the first date but i've been yelled at so many times for white lies um because like i I always think about this like as my role as a as a woman i always feel torn between doing the empathetic thing and doing the right thing and i feel like guys have this sort of opposite where they feel like they have to be right more than they have to be empathetic so it's sort of like you know the little white lies like yeah you're the biggest I've ever had. Sure. <laughs> um, that's like seen as terrifying in their minds. But, you know, I, I think a white lie on the first date is is totally OK. Um, you know, like you could say at the end of the date, look, I, I really like talking to you. But as we've gone this date, I, I realized that maybe I'm not really cut out for dating right now. Um, but I, I still want to thank you so much for coming out tonight. And, you know, I wish you luck. And I think wishing you luck is something I've heard on first dates that didn't go well. That didn't leave me, like, destroyed. Especially if you sandwich it with a couple of compliments. Like, I think you're really funny. I think you're I think you're a great catch. I just realized that maybe I'm not right for dating right now. And I really hope you find who you're looking for really soon. And if you leave it with that note, you're leaving it with this intention. That I really do hope the best for you. I think I recognize what you're doing, and I, I hope you get it. And that leaves people feeling pretty okay. Yeah, I'm I'm really I think a white lie at the end of the date is totally okay. If you said, you know, I just I'm not cool with you wearing sweatpants um that look like real pants and your breath is horrible and I hate that college. I don't know whatever arbitrary thing you're like clinging to. Don't just come out and tell them. Make up a sweet white lie that makes it totally your fault. And um, move on. Or I also, oh, this is my favorite phrase that I think should be abused by everyone, which is, I just don't see a romantic future. You just say that one line, and I think it just sets me free every time I've been in that situation where, like, I might even not know what the reason is. I just don't, I don't see it. And they can't make you see it. You can't force someone to see that. You just say, I just don't see it. And I think it's, everyone can understand that. I don't know. Really? What do you? What would you? What would you prefer? I feel like that could hurt so bad. What about? 
I just don't think we're a match. Yeah, I could see that, especially if you play up how not a match you are. And and that's like advanced level dating, right? That's level three. Um, and my course that you can buy. No, um, <laughs> but that's, you know, when you when you're on a date and you recognize that this guy is not right for you, play it up. Play up that you're not right for each other. If he says he's a meat eater, play up that you're a vegetarian and that you're really vegan and you couldn't imagine dating anybody who ate meat. Like, make it really clear. And it's sort of like what Emily um, was saying on um, about breaking up. Make it look like it's his idea not to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, like, I really like muscular beef guys and he's really thin and, and doesn't work out. Like, just play it up. Um, in a way that's not necessarily cruel, but in a way that makes it apparent to him, too, that you're on the same page, that you guys are not a match. See, that seems like beyond a white lie. That seems like, um, I just think that there, this is, this is my hippie, this is a little hippy-dippy, but I just think that there's a truth, and people can read the truth in your, like, the truth of your feelings in your face and and I think there's, like, so much that you can read in another person. So I think if you start dramatically overreacting to, I think they might be able to see it's you're exaggerating no, I would be a scared maybe I, that, okay I think what I'm really saying is I'm a really bad liar and I think I couldn't pull that <laughs> off but you wouldn't be lying if it's really how you feel like especially online dating there's always something on the page that you can disagree with right like they eat meat and you don't <laughs> like oh well my veganism is very important to me <laughs> or something like that um I, you know, a lot of guys say that the diet is a deal breaker for them. It's not for us, right? So it's not a lie. Like we, I mean, as somebody who's a vegetarian myself, and I date guys who, um, I think if I said I was a vegetarian, would really turn them off because they they think that's ugh. But we don't do that. Women don't seem to do that. Like see that meat. You know what I mean? Well, okay. Um, so real world, world situation. I was on a date, and the person said, um. Recreationally, I have this bad habit. And I said, oh, man, I've never recreationally had that bad habit. And um, and he said, oh, well, I'd love to explore that with you. (laughs) And I said, tell me more about how that would go down because I don't. Is this too coded? Is it just making no sense? It's so coded, especially when the habit was illegal. And you could have just really said, wow, that's illegal. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. That's something I wouldn't do. And make it really clear and just say it vocally. If you were being honest, see, you're, that's, that's That's what's wrong. That was a useless white lie. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of saying, oh, that's illegal, never want to be around that, I said, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about the illegal thing. Because I don't know how to be, I like, you want a date to go well. You don't want to create awkwardness. I just feel programmed to just go along with wherever I'm at. That's because we're women, and that's what we're programmed to do. We're always supposed to be the, like, social soothsayers. We're supposed to make everything calm and congenial and, oh, have you met that, that, that? Like, that's our role. That's the gender role we're supposed to play. And we're not supposed to make things awkward. We're not supposed to be bossy or bitchy. But, like, if a guy says he's into a really legal bad habit and he tells you that on the first date and you don't want to see the guy again, there's your out. Right there. You don't have to use a white lie. You just say, oh, well, I don't like that. I guess we're not a good match. Well, it was lovely meeting you. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Um, Here's $4 for my latte. 
have a really good life. I really hope you find someone else who shares your illegal bad habit and you guys can be happy together. Actually, I think that like the one of my favorite arguments for dating is just that I get better at it. So like I think over the years I've learned how to recognize those moments and and be honest about what I'm looking for. So like yeah, I think the moment past dates have said I'm not looking for anything serious right now. Like we, we've talked about on the show, you go, oh, shucks, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Right? If you were at all like unsure about a guy, ask him what his commitment, his ex- expectations for commitment are right now. Like, hey, what are you looking for in a relationship right now? Pull that trigger. <laughs> like, it just seems like five times out of 10 with any guy between the ages of 22 and 35 is that he's going to say, well, I'm not really looking for anything serious right now. I'm like, oh, oh, well, that's too bad because I am. Well, it was nice meeting you. I got to go. <laughs> this is a great escape plan. The, this is the escape plan is if you want the date to end, you just start saying how excited you are to meet the love of your life and then it'll just be over. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll end quicker than you thought. Like, check, please. um holly i think we put together some really awesome rules and um i'm gonna edit it a bit and then eventually post them over on wfmu.org on our playlist page and i want people to keep contributing because the rules of dating out there are just horrible and we got to do it better they're so bad um here's one last question we only have a minute so you have to think of a quick quick witty answer um but the marmot on the playlist page says could it be that dating is just a natural and coerced act should something as important as finding your love life mate develop organically or scheduled instead of scheduled and organized like an office meeting? I mean, I think that's a really good question, but it's the same thing as saying, like, isn't your career a really important part of your life? Shouldn't it happen organically? Like, no, that's not how careers work. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just going to trip and fall into a radio show. Um <laughs> You know, that's just not how things in life happen. And as women, we know that we have biological timelines, as I talked about on that other show. And uh, we could be sitting around waiting for something to organically happen for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, Okay, so dating's scary. Let's all rewrite the rules together. My guest has been Holly Wood. Holly, thank you so much. If folks want to hear, learn more and um, chat with you more, you're on Twitter at GirlZiplocked. Yeah, not girls I plucked, which everybody seems to think it is, but girls that plucked. And you can ask me your questions, and I will do my best to answer them. Great. And um, and also, if you want more Hollywood, listen back to episode number 15 of this show. And you can subscribe to our podcast by visiting yoy.sexy.